you were saying that the first time you slept with the botanist, she, uh, she hadn't been intimate in a while mm -hmm. for various reasons. And what happened? Uh, she, so, well, not during sleeping together, but when we went to my apartment to have a nightcap, drink a bottle of wine, we made out and I said like, hey, I, you know, I could just like go down on you as a service, you know, jokingly. And it took up, you know, it, when the bottle of wine started waning down, that's when she's like, all right, you're just going down on me. It's <laughs> like, yeah, no problem. And, not, and that's a service that I like. I'm totally happy just, you know, making somebody come on my face. Um, but after she came, she actually cried. Because. Um, Did she say she, anything? Yeah, she just Did said, like, I'm really, yeah, it's like, is it something I did or is it something? No, it's like, no, she just hasn't, you know, she hasn't climaxed in two years. She was very, very happy that she did and very easily. And that's because we were planning to not sleep with each other. It was just, again, when I went down on her, I didn't did even take off my shirt. Fucking? Yes. So that's the kind of like impetus. Like after that, she enjoyed, she was comfortable enough to do. And again, I'm, everybody knows this. I fucking hate condoms. I know we should. I hate it as much as possible. I'd rather do, I'd rather not sleep with each other, go to a city MD and get tested. And then uh, provide the, the results of the test rather than wear a condom. But um, yeah, uh, surprisingly, it was it was really nice. I, I, I we both enjoyed. She's super small. She's did super you, tiny. Uh, did you hold fit. her when she cried? Yeah, of course. I could brush her hair after. You know, okay. give her a minute. So, but it's actually really interesting that you brought this up, and this is why we didn't have an intro to this episode because Janelle and I were just genuinely mm -hmm. talking. Um, but I wanted to do a podcast about this, so I'm sorry you have to keep talking to me for a little bit longer. Yeah, okay. Because I, one of the things that happened in my old relationship where it broke down was he was not wanting to fuck very often for a long mm -hmm. time. Um, not because of anything uh, tangible that I said or did, maybe because of a feeling he had overall. I don't know. Um, but the, it had become our our sex life had become strained. Um, and I was very horny all the time. And he just was always turning me down all the fucking time. It was so painful. And then when we like emotionally painful and then when we finally would, it was such a release for me that I would sometimes cry after and that upset him. So this happened to me years ago. Sometimes an mm. orgasm so great. I don't know. Women yeah. will just cry because it's like an emotional release. Yeah. We're pent up. We don't share things all the time. I've even had men cry, um, but like it's a release. And if you're intimate with someone, you can actually share the moment. You can hold the person. You can talk about what they're feeling or whatever, and it can bring you closer. So in the past, when I had cried with like my, my love that I was with like a million years ago, um, sometimes we'd break up, we'd get back together. And then it was like all those feelings of like the breakup, the, the sleeping with other people and you know, all those things. But like a lot of times it's just an emotional release. He would hold me. He would tell me he loved me and things were okay. But with this most recent ex, he would like get pissed off that I was crying. He would not hold me. He, it made him feel terrible that mm -hmm. I was crying. And I told him, I was like, it's not because I'm upset. It's just, I've been needing it so badly because we ha didn't have sex for so mm -hmm. long. Like 
I just really need it. Even just him touching me, I just like missed being touched. And he took that as being upsetting. And no matter what I said, and then he would react that way. So then like I was, it was not a controllable thing. So then I was trying to like hide the fact that I would cry or like stifle it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he just like, he knew me really well. So he knew what was going on. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I just need a lot more sex than you're able to have. And I understand that. And I don't care. And I want to be with you anyway, but like, this is what happens. And like, it doesn't have to be weird. And he always made it weird. And I think that's actually part of the impetus of why, like we started not having sex because near that point, he was just like, he couldn't deal with that. He's like, then I make you cry. Like, why would I want to do that? And I'm like, but it's a good cry. It's a cry of uh-huh. release and, uh-huh. and pleasure. And he didn't get it. So I was meaning to ask you if you've ever been through that. So did you ever go through that with your exes? I obviously this um, woman most recently, but what about your exes? Yeah. Um, th- there's a couple of different post coital cries and with my, with my ex-wife, when we were uh, arranging, cause like, you know, we were very clinical in terms of our separation. Like we were, in couples therapy and then legal separation and then came back couples therapy again and then decided to, uh, or at least she decided to get divorced. Um, there were a lot of times there when we were, you know, both before we did our trial separation and right after our trial separation, we'd, you know, we'd have sex because we generally love each other. And again, she's like a hot redhead that I always like found really, really attractive. And you know, again, most women would like orgasming and I can provide that. And she really, really wanted. But after that, you know, she'd always cry after because she knew that she already knew that she wasn't going to last. Um, and then even yeah, when you feel the relationship breaking apart or like she already she already knew that the that it's not it, there's not going to be a relationship. But you have something that you can enjoy and, you know, it's right there. Um, and that's kind of like the good and bad thing about providing good services is um you know you can take advantage and for but most recently like this the botanist and my most recent eggs you know it had happened before because these people are both um i think you know in prolonged times not being able to reach a certain level of sensuality in their in their bodies with their partners um and again i'm very i'm not i'm very proud i can make anybody come because I'm a very, very hard worker. Um, but the the it's it's not only the act of eating somebody's pussy and properly, you know, hooking your finger inside their vagina to touch their clit from the behind. It's not just that. It's the idea of you warm them up by, you know, giving them good cuddles, asking them if they're feel comfortable ask you know the thing that i i realized that i was doing subconsciously is like whenever i know it's going to be intimate i always ask how are you but ask it again and slower how are you right that's when when like even with with people it's like because sometimes we are oh the the say i'm fine yeah, it's it's such a it's a knee jerk reaction, like water water cooler or small talk when somebody's like, "Hey, how are you?" It's like, "Fine, good. How are you?" It's like, "No, no, no." It's like, "No, how are you? Are you feel comfortable? Yeah. You're in somebody's ear. You're in a stranger's house. What are you feeling? Are you impressed that my apartment is, you know, marginally cleaner than most other people's apartment? Are you impressed that my cat is delightful? 
Are you scared? Are you having doubts? Is this a mistake? Are you just drunk? There's so many things that can happen to both sides too. Like sometimes I find myself in a situation like, am I really ready for this? Like, you know, it's like something like that. But the idea is that is part of the foreplay. You know, you eat good pussy, you ask good questions, you stay there, you look them in the eye, you listen, you smell smell their hair. And then that's in what you mentioned is the most important thing. And something that I, um, I realized, you know, fairly recently too, because I, 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 I'm a, I'm still a guy and I understand why guys don't listen guys, you know, men, we grow up. We are the builders. We are the creators. We are the ones that are needs to fix problems. We need to identify, diagnose, and take out the error of certain things. That's how men are wired growing up because that's just how society is. But it takes a little w- a while in a relationship. Listening, most of the 95% of the time, you won't be able to fix it. You're not supposed to. And once I learned that, all you have to do is just look at them and say, I'm sorry. Let me know what I can do or even sexier. Tell them, I'm sorry, I can't fix that for you. Right. You know, be the honest, but just genuinely listen to what other people are saying. It will truly, truly help. And, And that's equally both very thankful for me. And then equally both still very, very, very frustrating because I know I can provide this to the people that are worth being provided it for. I just never get to that stage. I, you know, but okay. eventually. So have you ever cried? Post-sex? Mm. Or during? Well, I mean, uh, no, never during. I'm, I'm again, I'm still a lizard brain guy. If I'm fucking, I'm having the grandest time <laughs> of my entire life. But again, like the, the, uh, okay. the, during my divorce. Yeah. Like, cause I, I knew, like, I knew that it was, it was, yeah. so you know, every time that she cried, I'd cry too. Cause like, fuck, I mean, it's not going to get fixed or I yeah. see too many things. It's kind of, but um, yeah, even so, even with the, with the most latest ex in, in you know, or, um right before you have to delete her by your netflix by the way she's no longer allowed to have it (laughs) um um and our last meeting was you know she brought me to menorah hora and that was kind of our our severance pop because again we were we're adults we talked about this you know we both wanted one more round and i made sure that she remembered (laughs) she remembered me by uh, yeah you gotta uh, do the goodbye bang yeah um uh, and but it's sad. It's it during that time it was fun, and luckily we you know we we had the show. I was working the show. We had an after party, um, so everything went kind of you know as as bad. So the next day was when I really realized that holy shit, when you're when you wake up and you you smell your partner's scent in your bed, um, and. You know, it was the day that I needed to wash my sheets anyway. But, you know, I, I did another week and I still wanted to smell that. And, yeah, Aww. I mean, that's just part of pretty much, you know, everything in life. It sounds kind of gross when you put it like that, but I know it does, it's a sweet but, thing. <laughs> yeah, I want that funk. It's sweet. <laughs> that gushy stuff. Secret uh, nasty. <laughs> But but yeah. yeah, I mean, but, but part of what I wanted to talk about 
about it is because I think people don't talk about it. And there was an episode of Insecure this season Mm -hmm. where she was trying to hook up with someone for the first time and she started crying because she was still getting over her ex, which Mm -hmm. can also be the case. Mm -hmm. It can be, like I said, with my ex, we would be on again, off again. And sometimes one of us would sleep with other people and then you get back together. And we really like, and I'm talking about old ex, like a million years ago, we really loved each other. So when we would come back together, we would cry because we were back together. When we were breaking up, we would cry because we were breaking up. And like, it was just this tumultuous thing. Um, But I kind of think that we need to talk about it a little bit and normalize the idea that like women, especially men too, but especially women might cry when you make them orgasm or when you touch them for the first time, make them feel like a woman, make them feel desirable because sometimes we do go really long stretches of time without feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And we're more in tune because we were socialized to be allowed to be more in tune with our emotions. It might come out that way. And I just want, if you're someone who sleeps with women who hasn't experienced this before yourself, you to know that you should just hold them and talk and mm-hmm. listen and not take it personally. Cause it doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It could mean like exactly. you did with the botanist you did everything right. And she's so grateful for the orgasm and the touching and all of those things. And I know it can be a little uncomfortable, especially if it's not about you, especially if it's about Mm -hmm. the, you know, year or whatever she's gone without being touching, but it can also be really nice for her to just be held and, you know, say it's okay. Or, um, or if you're in a relationship, whether you're breaking up or getting back together or whatever, it can be like really cathartic and um, is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah. And you should just be there and be present. And that's really what intimacy is. So the fact that my ex ran away from it and couldn't deal with it really Uh unfortunately says a lot. Um, It's emblematic of of like, you know, how one, one grows up or one interprets relationships and partnerships but again i'm not saying and anytime that anytime i was crying with him not even in sex he was like please stop crying he wanted uh-huh. me to stop crying he didn't want me to be okay he didn't want to make things better he just wanted me to stop crying yeah it was and, and but in that in he that couldn't point, hold me and and give me safety he just wanted me to stop <laughs> and, and no and that's the point and for for that particular case it's not about it's not about your what you're feeling he 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 feels uncomfortable with the crying so he wants you to stop so it's more about him right but this is let me but right. you know the, the little thing but that all I, aftercare all mm-hmm. aftercare is important whether you cry or you don't cry that you hold the person and you let them have this sort of residual stuff after their orgasm yeah but the the thing that i just want not. to make sure that we tackle is you know it is very important for for people to understand that you know, men, male and female um, physiologies is different. You know, our, we can, there's millennia, thousands of years of DNA embedded into our genes that is just wired that way. So the same way that you're saying that, you know, intimacy is a total body experience for a female, like your emotions, your memories. You got to be touched everywhere. What yeah. you hear, what you smell, everything plays a factor on the how conversation, you feel. the text messages a week ago, hundred like percent, everything. So everything comes out in, in in your version of pleasure slash orgasm. Like you can you can orgasm just by like dirty text the whole day. Conversely, 
you know, there needs to be some, un- we, we should meet in the middle. Like men should understand that, hey, women's pleasure is more than just sticking your dick in them or, you know, you know licking their, uh, their, their clit and sucking on their labia um, and pinching their nipples. It's more than just that. It's the text in the morning. It's opening the doors, making them feel safe. Even just like, I'm going to do online banking so that, you know, let me do the online banking to make sure that all of our bills are paid and yet. All of that plays a factor. Conversely, fem- women should understand that men are still lizard brain and transactional. Occasionally, they just want to get blown, right? Occasionally, they just want to like play a video game and get a blowjob, you know, get off. But I will say that men men do internalize things that we say exactly. in a way that can fuck up the fucking, for example, mm-hmm. and, and take them out of it. And once you've done that, and this is where I struggle in relationships, because I say everything that comes to my, my mind. Mm-hmm. And once you've said something like that, it can totally kill it for a man and it is over. You cannot mm-hmm. get it back. It doesn't matter what you say or do, because even though men might not show it and are horny creatures, there is a way to break them very easily. Yeah. And so, again, it's, um, it's- it's more like, again, we don't know how to handle thoughts and emotions a lot easier. But the point is, like, we're simpletons. Sometimes the point if you- is, if you want to touch the other person, male or female, you have to accommodate some of those needs and be exactly. kind and mm-hmm. loving, even if it's just a casual thing. Be mm-hmm. generous of yourself to do those things for the other person because they fucking need it. Yeah. And that's what you do so that you can touch each other's genitals. <laughs> And and if you're in a let's say in your long yeah if you're in a long term relationship we understand that you know romance shouldn't die you should you'd still go on dates you, you don't still, understand that yeah no but yeah we you idea should like, yeah you should <laughs> but that's the idea but also you throw your partner a bone sometimes sometimes your partner just get out give him a handy give him roadhead that's you know sometimes quickies are there's there's tools there you know there is a, a time and a place for prolonged foreplay and romance but there's also a time and a place for like a quick three minute pop here and there so just so that your head hate is to tell clear. you it's the same it's the same for women too <laughs> same, but exactly met, exactly i've only ever met one guy that like sometimes i want a quick fuck even if i'm not going to orgasm i just want to for whatever reason but i've only ever met one guy that actually wanted the hand job one ever I don't like hand jobs. I don't like, I mean, yes, you know, I don't even like blow jobs. Um, but you just said hand job, and I'm like, that's really not where it's at. They'd rather have a blow job or bang. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like the idea is like there are a lot of quickies here that, you know, is a tool. Like, you know, sometimes my head is cloudy, you know, getting off <laughs> will make it clear. Um, but also sometimes my I get my ex didn't want any of that. He'd have a headache. And I'm like, do you want a blowjob? Because my ex years ago would, I'm like, anytime he had a headache, I'd offer him a blowjob. That's why I'm a good girlfriend, you know? Um, but my last ex, he just wanted me to make him a sandwich sometimes. So there's those hey, guys yeah. too. There you go. <laughs> find find a thing that, you know, these are all tools. These are, these are This is not a one-track thing that you're just going to do a sandwich or you're just going to do a 24-hour uh, going down session on your partner. No, these are, we all need to learn this. We need to make a sandwich. We need to do online banking. We need to learn how to clear the, do recycling. Do the dishes. Do the, lo- do the dishes. Yeah. Take the fucking, trash out. Fucking soak the back of the plate, not just the front of the plate. You fucking heathens, you. Um, <laughs> uh, changing the sheets. Those are all tools. Everything that you 
see, smell, touch, and do, they can be tools to somebody's genitals with their consent if used properly. That's uh, that's what we would. The message that we want to give out there. Correct. Well, thank you so much for this impromptu podcast, John Al. Thank you for listening. I hope this was helpful. It was. I think this one was more insightful than some of our others. There you go. But yes. um, yeah, there you go. Bye. Bye. Bye.